Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22, it says this, Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up onto a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly, after, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Verse 34, when they had crossed over, they landed at Genesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus... They sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all, say all, all who touched him were healed. Hallelujah. How many of you know that Jesus loves to heal the sick? Praise God. The title of today, my message, it's amazing actually that We had a testimony just a minute ago by a young lady here by the name of Faith. Because the title of this message today is this, Faith Exercises. Come on, praise God. Faith Exercises. I want to talk about faith today. It's all about faith. It's all about you. Praise God. I want to talk about faith because I believe that your walk in life, we know, is a walk of faith. We live by the Spirit. We walk by the Spirit. But I want to talk today about what it means to walk in faith for your life. Because let me tell you, there are going to be times in your life when God leads you into places where the terrain is not something you like to walk on. You can be, the the Bible encourages us to keep in step with the Spirit. So the, the, the idea is that your walk is continuous, it's consistent, it maintains consistency, however the terrain changes. And so in this story, what we see is, we see this amazing story of the disciples. And I've preached on this before, but I'm going to come from a different angle today. But we, we, we look in, in, in this amazing story of the feeding of the 5,000 that's just happened. 
And so these guys are walking in firm territory. They're walking in territory where they're seeing miracles happen. In fact, they were included in the miracle. Jesus got them involved in it because that's what Jesus likes to do. He starts the stuff, but then he gets them involved. And so they're involved in this amazing miracle. Now, if you ask them at that time, they feel like they're on firm, solid ground. Because they're seeing this amazing thing take place. But all of a sudden in their lives, they're still with Jesus. They're still following him. But their terrain changes. And God sometimes wants to do that in your life. He will take you in seasons where you are still following him. You still hear his voice. You still see him working in your life. But sometimes the terrain you don't like. Sometimes you've got to learn to walk in what I'm going to call firm seasons and fluid seasons. Fluid seasons where you don't even know what's going to happen when you put your foot forward. Sometimes when you know when you put your foot forward and you take a step, you have no idea whether you're going to sink or you're going to walk. But I want to encourage you today that you serve a God of the impossible. You serve a God that asks you to be, have faith in Him no matter what the circumstances are. Hallelujah. I want to talk about faith exercises today. Because I believe that Jesus who just fed them, He fed the feeding of the 5,000 plus women and children. He was a God who was able to provide, but He was also a God who was able to guide. He can provide for you and He can guide you. He can guide your steps. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? And so I want to tell you today, no matter what the territory is like, no matter what the terrain is like, no matter what it feels like right now in your life, he's with you. He's helping you to walk and he will guide you. Matthew 14, 22 says this, immediately Jesus, this is after the miracle takes place, the feeding of the 5,000, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. Made them. How many of you know that Jesus sometimes is going to make you get into seasons that you don't like? He's going to make you get into a boat. I ask myself the question, why didn't Jesus go with them? Why did he make them get in? Sometimes Jesus will make you go into a season you don't like. He'll make you go into a season where you're not so firm in your steps. And you're now beginning to trust in him. And I'm telling you today that when he makes you don't do something, get ready for what he's about to do. Because if he makes it happen, then something bigger will happen. He made them get into the boat. Hallelujah. The walk of faith is a continual exercise. It's a continual exercise. Peter realizes later on that the very thing that Jesus, when he tells him to get into the boat, he realizes later on that Jesus made him get into the boat. Why? So that he could have the ability then to ask Jesus to get him back out the boat. What Jesus made him do was prepare him for something bigger. Faith builds. God wants to build your faith. And it cannot be built just feeding the 5,000 in events and big moments. It's built in the most difficult seasons. That's why the fluid seasons are your best seasons. The fluid seasons are the ones where it builds you. They will empower you. They'll release you to another level. 
And I'm here to tell you today that if you're going through tests, health, marriages, relationships, whatever's happening around you right now, that God is preparing you. He's building you something bigger. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? It's a continual exercise. Now, I've been going to the gym for quite a few months now, and I'm, I'm just learning the ropes still. The coffee machine's great down there. And I watch people. But there's a, I go down to this section, and, I, and I'm doing the weights and stuff, and there's this picture on the wall. And it says something like this. It says, Jason went from fluffy to ripped in six weeks. I've been going a lot longer than six weeks. First question is this, what is fluffy? Fluffy. Am I fluffy? I don't know I'm fluffy. I keep looking at this picture. Jason went from ripped, from fluffy to ripped in six weeks. I'm like, wow. He did that quick. And I realized that there are exercises. And, and you know, sometimes that people keep telling me, I go to some people to say, what exercise are you doing? So I tell them what I do. And then they say, you can't keep doing the same thing because if you do, your body gets used to it. You've got to shock your body. I'm what? Believe you and me, when I walk in there, it's shocked. There's no problem with the body getting shocked. Every time I walk in, I have to build myself up. No, you've got to shock it. You've got to tell it something different because it gets used to it. And I realized something in my life as a Christian that what Jesus wants to do in, in my life is that sometimes I get used to the same things. My faith is built on what I know. And so I move around and I do things every day and I get used to it. But then all of a sudden, something shocks me. Something comes into my life and it changes. And I'm not used to walking on water anymore. I want to walk on firm ground and see miracles happen. But I don't like the water. Why is it? Because God knows. It's the same principle. Because he knows if he can shock you, he can rip things in your life in order for the muscle to rebuild bigger. Because the spiritual muscles in your life need to rebuild again. They need to be bigger. For what God is going to do. So the, the times you're in right now, if you're feeling like your body, your life is getting shocked. Something's about to happen. Something bigger is going to happen in your life. You see, I realize that when I look at the picture, I realize that what happens for Jason, even if it's real, is my expectancy of what I see is based on my consistency. It's based on whether I'm going to keep going. And I don't know whether I'm going to do it in six weeks, because I ain't done it in six weeks, so something's wrong somewhere. But one thing I know is this, that it's, it's brought on. My expectancy is met by the consistency I'm going to do in, in the place. And so what God wants us to do is maintain consistency in our faith in order to grow. And son, right now, I'm telling you something. If you're feeling low, if you're feeling broken, if you're feeling down, if you feel today like life is treating you badly, let me tell you, you're in a good place because he's starting to break you. He's starting to do things and he's going to turn things around. But listen to me, he's building muscle in you, ready for what God is going to do next. You see, I've got to keep walking in the gym. And I've got to keep walking on the treadmill. And I've got to keep walking even though there's pain. I've got to keep walking. I have targets. I'm walking. I keep walking. There's certain things. There's, there's one piece of equipment that I'd tell you to avoid if there's any. Best advice in the gym. The best bit of advice, the piece of equipment you need to avoid is the scales. 
Avoid the scales. And another one is the mirror. Avoid them, you'll be fine. You've got to be consistent. Because when I look at the picture and I see Jason, and I realize I ain't there, that I ain't there yet. And I'm not planning to get there, but it kind of gives me some hope. But Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says this, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't see in the mirror. So what you don't see right now, it's just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Just because you can't see what's happening. And let me tell you, Peter who steps out onto that water, he's stepping into unknown territory. He's stepping into a place of a place where he should be fearful. But listen, what did you hear today? We're children of God. We shouldn't be fearful. We're surrounded by his perfect love. I remember when my kids were growing up and they first started to walk, the thing that keeps them walking towards me is when they keep fixed on me. And I just want to say that to you today. Some of you right now, the problem why you can't keep walking straight is because you're not looking at your father in heaven. You've got to keep fixed on him. Confidence is what we hope for. Assurance about what we do not see. If I don't see it, I'm not going to give up on the Lord. You see, a plentiful season sometimes can become a painful season. A promising season can become a pressurizing season. But let me tell you, whichever one you're in, he's still ordering your steps. He's still ordering your steps. What's important is you keep your feet moving all the time. Never lose sight of him in these seasons. You know, I, I'm into mountain biking and I, I like going on my bike. And years ago, I got a mountain bike. And in Cambridge, I got 26 gears on the bike. You don't need 26 gears in Cambridge. Three, four years on, I take it in for a service. It needs new cogs on, needs new chain because you need to change everything. And they always tell me, it's always wearing on the same two cogs. All the rest of them are fine. Because I don't need all the gears. And some of you right now, what happens is, if you don't get tested, all your cogs don't get tested. And so what happens is, you stay in the same gear. But you've got to learn to climb mountains. You've got to learn how, what it is to put pressure on yourself. Because pressure brings something great. You've got to learn how to change the gears. You've got to learn what it is that when you hit something hard, you've got to know when to change. So you use all the gears that God's given you. Hallelujah. I want to bring just a few things to you today. Number one is this, that distance rebuilds your dependence. Distance rebuilds your dependence. Matthew 14, 23 says this, after he dismissed them. Jesus, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, he was there alone. And the boat, listen to this, was already a considerable distance from the land. I don't know what you feel like today, but sometimes what God does is he makes himself feel like it's he's at a distance, but he's not. How many of you know that God is always with you? He never leaves us off of sixes. But sometimes in our circumstances... I don't know about you, but I feel like it. It feels like God is just not here. I mean, I can sing in church. And by the way, didn't the worship sound amazing this morning? 
absolutely amazing. And, and I can hear the keys and I can hear all these things and, and the presence of God's great. But sometimes I'm thinking, my circumstances don't match up to what I'm feeling right now. Because when I walk out of here and I walk down Mill Road, I don't feel like I do in here. There's a problem. There's a disconnect because I don't feel that. And I get back to my apartment this afternoon and things ain't good at home. And so all of a sudden, it feels like God ain't here. But when I was in the church, it felt like it. And so we can have this mix and match where we, we start to feel like God is not with us. That the circumstances, the feelings determine our understanding of his presence. But I want to tell you today that whether it feels like he's distant or not, he's always there. But there's a principle here because Jesus, check this out. He builds in the distance to create the dependence. He builds it into the story. He says, I'm not coming with you. You go and we're going to build in some distance here. Yeah, but Jesus, you know, we've just had an amazing day. No, I'm going to build in some distance because distance will create faith. It will build you. It will strengthen you. But ultimately, it will, rely, it will build and show you what you need to rely upon. Now, check this out. We know this in John chapter 6. I've preached on it before. We know that when the miracle takes place, they want to make Jesus king by force. So what you have here is a group of people, Jesus and his disciples, who've got this pressure. The people are starting to say things. And what does Jesus do? He realizes one thing. There's one thing I need to do. That is create distance to make sure the dependence is right. And I'm going to do it for them. And I'm also going to do it for myself. Because I'm also going to go up to the mountain. And if I go up the mountain, I'm going to go on my own. Because I need to make sure that the things that the people are telling me are not what drives my life. The things that are good are not what drives who I am. But when I go up the mountain, I get back with my father again. So then I get my dependencies upon him. Because everything I do, it comes from the father. I do what the father's doing. So I don't do what these people are telling me. So Jesus... Builds in distance from the people. Now, I don't know about you and me, but if someone comes and pats you on your backs and tells you, oh, that was a good message today, pride can creep in. If you got told today, oh, wow, Maxwell, that was amazing. I love the way you played the keys. And you go home today, you can feel like, wow, oh, I feel so good. Listen, you cannot rely on the praises of men. It's all about Jesus. Because pride comes before the fall. And some of us today, we need to realize this, that sometimes distance is good. Sometimes taking yourself away is good. It's there where you realize it's all about my relationship with the Father. It's all about my relationship. It's not about people. It's not about people. Bill Johnson says this, if you don't live by the praise of men, you won't die by their criticism. Wow. That's good revelation. The problem is some people do. So they live by the praises of people. Then as soon as they do, they'll die by what they say against them. I today want to declare, I don't want to live by what people say. Do you know why? Because the only reason that I could ever do anything that's good for God is because he did it in me. I mean, the, the biggest thing I feared when I took over this church was preaching. I mean... Preach every week. But I realized today, 
that the Lord can take gifts. He can, he could uh, take me away from the ministry if he wants to. The gifts are in me, but he can take us away. The Lord lines things up because it's all about him. It's not about me. It's not about you. If you had a good Sunday, praise God. But don't live by the praises of people. And he creates the distance. The Lord will build distance in. Why? To create a dependence upon him. And he went, it says, by himself to pray. Now, I don't know, but when I read the book of John, it tells me that he only does what the Father's doing. There's something about me tells me that when he goes up that mountain to pray, he's like walking up that mountain and thinking, I've just been hearing that they want to make me king by force. They, they want to do this. I could, I could do this now. And we've just had such an amazing day. We, we saw all those thousands get fed and, and climbing up this mountain and, and he's climbing up there, but then he spends time with his father alone. And then the voice of the father comes and starts to tell him that it's good that you came away. Because it's all about me, son. It's all about us. And then I believe probably that Jesus, as he prayed, knew his next steps. Now you've took a pause. It's time to go again. But, you know, they set off. Yeah, well, watch this. Go on the water. So he walks on the water. And all of a sudden he sees that the father's shown him. I'm going to show you now that while they're in a struggle. That while they've been going on territory and, and, and the fluid season that they're in right now. I'm going to let you go out to them. And you're going to walk on the water. And you're going to call Peter to come. I believe that what happened on that mountain was that maybe Jesus was praying with his father. And the father's revealing the next steps. Because that's what the father does. God's always got something bigger even in that tough season. And Jesus is always coming. He's not just on a mountain watching you with a telescope saying, hope it's okay down there. Some of you feel like now you're in unknown places. You're in places where the storms are hitting. And you're thinking, I wish I was on the mountain with Jesus. I mean, it's okay for him. Interceding in heavenly places. Check me out. I'm in the middle of it here. I know I'm supposed to be seated in heavenly places, but when I go to work tomorrow, I don't feel like it. And some of you right now are saying, you get angry with God because you say, you are in this place and I want to be there. I want to be on the mountain. But the reason is because Jesus wants to teach you something. It's all about him. The moment you get into a place where you forget that, you're in dangerous territory. You're in dangerous terrain. So I encourage you today, To keep your eyes fixed on the Lord. They were rowing hard. Jesus climbing up the mountain and praying. But I want to tell you that as they did that, imagine what it was to all of a sudden see him come. A miraculous event again. First they didn't get it, but they see him come. In Luke chapter 3, Jesus walks into the waters of baptism. In the Jordan. He's walking in some good territory. He is the the voice, the father. This is my son. So he hears that. He's walking in the waters of baptism. But in Luke chapter 4, he walks from the waters of baptism into the waters of the hot, into the hot desert sand. 
Listen to me. Some of you right now were baptized last week. You've just come out of the waters of baptism. You felt good. Praise the Lord when everyone clapped when you got out. Praise the Lord when you felt that euphoric moment that, wow, I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. And you are. But listen to me. Get ready because when you felt that water dripping off you and you felt great because you've given your life to the Lord, you felt great because you're walking in this special day. Listen to me. Get ready for hot sand. People don't preach this. People be like, no, just join a life group. It's great. It's not. The life group's for you while you're in the hot sand. You don't just have a good life. You've got to learn how to walk from out of the waters of baptism. You've got to learn to go from Luke 3 to Luke 4 and to walk for 40 days and 40 nights like Jesus did, tested, hearing the voice of the enemy. You've got to learn to walk in both types of land. Oh, I don't know if I could do that though. Don't know if I can walk on the hot sand. I'm supposed to be just in the waters all the time. No. Telling you today, you learn to walk in that. It says that he came out in the power of the Spirit. He went in full of the Holy Spirit. He comes out in the power of the Spirit. So there's something happens. It's interesting that the first thing that Satan says to Jesus in Luke chapter 4 is, he says, turn this stone into bread. It's the first thing. Come on. If you're hungry, I mean, you know, it's like when you're fasting, you could eat a rock. Come on, you're hungry, you turn this, turn this stone into bread. Temptation. But he's doing 40 days and 40 nights. It's not so much different to the wandering of the 40 years in the desert. And in what Jesus responds back is he says this, man cannot live... On bread alone. So what's happening is the distance, where he feels a distance, a disconnect. When we know God's there, he feels this distance. But the distance brings about his dependence. Man can't live on bread alone. And so what he's referring to is Deuteronomy chapter 8. Which what Moses says, and I got it here, it says this. He humbled you, says Moses, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna. I'm going to put it like this. He humbled you by putting you in a boat. Well, hang on, causing you to hunger? God doesn't do that. God causing me to hunger? God causing me to go into a boat where there's a storm? Yes, he does. Because he's got a plan. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you. Hallelujah. Who needs teaching this morning? Be careful what you ask. (laughs) To teach you that man, and this is where Jesus gets it from, doesn't live on bread alone. But on the every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. What am I trying to tell you today? That the word of the Lord in your life, he is the one you've got to depend on. The voice 
even in the desert when the enemy is saying things to you, when the enemy is trying to crush you, when you feel the hot sand underneath your feet and you're thinking, I wish I was in Luke chapter 3 in those waters again. But it's then when you've got to trust him. Your dependence is upon him. From every word that comes from him. Those 40 years that they wandered in the desert. Those 40 days and 40 nights. Let me tell you what they were. They were development, not punishment. They were development. They develop you. And and, and the fiery trial you're going through right now is actually going to be the fine tuner for you to hear God's voice. That's what happens. Hallelujah. I put here that the walk of faith, it's not developed in the headlines, but the small print. It's the small print you'll walk through. The things that people don't always see behind the scenes that will develop your faith. Number two, your inadequacy stretches your capacity. Your inadequacy stretches your capacity. Verse 26 of Matthew 14, when the disciples saw Jesus walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but sometimes I can laugh one day and cry the next. Sometimes I can be laughing, enjoying the Spirit of God. Some days, weeping broken come on you know who you are I'm going to be honest with you that's my life I'm walking on sand and I'm walking on water sometimes I feel like I'm sinking but I'm mixed and I'm all over the place listen if any if, if you turn God TV on and you've seen some preachers they, they look like they're walking on water all the time they ain't walking on any water all the time it's the highlights If there's anything I always love to do in this church is to be honest with you. Because I didn't, I didn't go into leading the church to try and be something and present to you that I walk on water in my life. I sink sometimes. And I walk on hot sand and I don't like it. And it gets in my feet. And I find it a struggle to be a Christian sometimes. I'm not afraid to tell you that. Why? Because it's real. It's real. But I'm glad I serve my king. I'm glad he's teaching me how to do it. I'm glad he's teaching me in these seasons. And I've had some challenging seasons over the last few years. But let me tell you, I remember preaching once and saying, Lord, give me a test. Goodness me. (sighs) We never erased it. careful what you say careful what you say because he'll teach you something but it'll make you something better it'll make you something better he's building you and so what you get is these Jesus arrives and he comes on this lake and the first thing they do is this is the guys who've just been with him they've just spent time with this miracle and now they see him and they don't recognize him it's a ghost I mean come on If you had just been with Jesus and done this, you would think you were going to be bold. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. 
we've just seen 5,000 people get fed, plus women and children. We're rocking. In fact, put that on Instagram and Twitter. I am absolutely buzzing. I'm walking on water. I'm walking on air. Come on. If that happened for me, I mean, I've seen some healings on the street and I feel good. Wow. God, you're good. But they saw something spectacular. However, they were fearful, terrified. I mean, what's going on? What is going on? You think they'd spot Jesus from a mile off. (laughs) There he is. Come on, what are we going to do next? No, they're fearful, screaming out, crying out in fear. It's a ghost. You think they'd be on fire and I'm bold, I'm strong. We can take anything on. But no, they were fearful. They become inadequate. Because they realize as distance and the storm comes and the season around them was now starting to test them. And so now when it tests them, it starts to make them realize and makes them understand that actually it's not all about me. I thought it was quite good when I was dishing that bread and that fish out and everything was happening. I felt pretty good when everyone's going, this is amazing what you're doing with this Jesus of yours. And, And all of a sudden right now I'm scared. What God is doing is he's humbling you. He's putting you in a place to make you feel so inadequate, you feel like you can't do anything. Amazing place to be. Jesus didn't want to show up on the water and say, hi boys. And then them completely go, ha, yeah, walking on the water, we get it. We expect that. No. They're fearful. Why? Because the next thing that God's going to do in your life, you'll always feel a sense of fear as you step into it. There's a healthy fear sometimes. There's a healthy fear for you to step into something. Some of you right now, God is calling you to a new season. Something new you're about to step into. And it's going to take a step of faith. And listen to me. People always tell me, they say, do you have a peace about it? You will not have a peace about something if you're going to step into it. Do you think that Peter had a peace about stepping onto water? I get what they're saying. There's a peace in which a peace that surpasses all understanding, but not the peace that you know. So the peace is that you're able to actually step out of the boat and think, what am I doing? But actually you feel fearful at the same time. Because a peace that surpasses all understanding is not the same peace that you know. Because Jesus says, I give a peace that's different to what the world gives. So I want to tell you today, some of you right now, you feel so inadequate. You're standing on the edge of the boat. You're looking out and you spot it like Peter because for something, there was something just in Peter that helps us in this story to realize he got it. He got something a little bit different and he understood that this person might just be Jesus. So he says, if it's you, if it's not a ghost, then call me to come. He sets it up. Do you know what? Jesus loves you to set things up. Tell me to come if it's you. I love it. Jesus doesn't respond back and say, have you got a life jacket? He doesn't respond back and say, are you sure? Are you sure you want to come? I mean, this is me. No, he says, come. Because all you need is a word from the Lord. It's enough to create a path. All you need is a word that tells you to raise a staff and seas will part. All you've got to know in your heart is if God said it, it's going to happen. 
And so I want to tell you today, whatever you feel right now, whatever you're facing, whatever season of uncertainty are before you, if he says, come, and you go, it will happen. His word has power. Hallelujah. Whatever inadequacies you feel right now, listen to me, your capacity for God's purpose doesn't rely on your ability. Your capacity for God's purpose in your life, it does not rely on your ability. What it relies upon is him, his voice, his voice. Some of you right now are standing on the edge of that boat. You're looking at the seas of uncertainty. The wind is whipping up. But you've got to listen through the wind, through the waves, through to the voice who has power over the wind and the waves. And listen, listen. He told me to come. And I'm not going to let the sound of anything else destroy that. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going to my father. I'm going to keep walking. Because if I step out, you'll create a path for me. Hallelujah. Now there's some people in the boat who are shouting and still scared. Thinking, are you crazy? And there are voices around you right now in your life that are telling you to stay in the boat. They're telling you, do not get out. If you get out, you're going to cause problems. Don't you realize you sink? That's only for Jesus, not for you. Jesus says you'll do great worse than him. I mean, I've been to Greece before and I've tried walking on the water when I was out on a paddle. Guess what happened? I sank. You know, I really did stand there once years ago when I first got saved. I'm like, read the Bible and read this. I, I went out on a, one of those pedalers out in the middle of the sea. I thought, right, no one's looking. I've done it. I tried commanding fish to come into my hand and everything. I was only young. Come on, you know some of you have done this kind of stuff. Uh, that's why you're laughing. Don't be fake, just be real. This is what I, and, and I, I stood on the pedal. And I'm like, Lord, I'm going to step out right now. I really believe. And I just went out and boom, straight into the cold water. It's <laughs> like, so, well, I needed to swim anyway. Maybe the Lord needed to know I needed to cool down a little bit. Do you know why I couldn't walk on water? Because I didn't need to walk on water. Because I was in a good season. I was in Greece. Is when you come to rock bottom. When, you're, when the sun ain't shining on you. When you ain't in any holiday season. When you're in the worst season of your life. And all you got is a boat. A Jesus that's a distance away. A sea that looks like it's dangerous. And now, what are you going to do? This is when heaven watches. This is when heaven looks. Says, what will she do? What will he do? Because I've got them right where I want them. In fact, this is a better place than where that bread and that fish was getting distributed. Because this is right where I want. What are they going to do? And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're facing that, step out. Because he will not disappoint he never, ever disappoints his children. Hallelujah. You see, I put here that our faith, what we step into, what we step out onto, will release what we're going to step into. What we step out onto, will release what we're going to step into. Because what, the, what Peter did is actually walk towards Jesus. He recognized another level. He recognized 
another level where he was now walking on the same water as Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus wants you to walk with him, not away from him. The same place as he walks. See, Peter recognizes his capacity starts with Jesus. It starts with Jesus. If you get the wrong order, you'll never get your steps ordered. Did you get that? If you get the wrong order, if Jesus is no longer the center, if he's no longer the focus, forget getting your steps ordered by the Lord. So you've got to put the right order in order for your steps to be ordered. If you get the right order, then he will be with you. And he will order your steps. Hallelujah. Jesus was teaching them that the miracle always starts with me. It starts with me. Peter, come. When I tell you the word, everything starts with me. It doesn't start with your ability to walk on water. Measuring and testing whether it's possible. It starts with me. And listen to me. Everything always starts with Jesus. Because if you rewind back to the mountain where they've just come from, you'll realize something very key. That when the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 takes place, it's Jesus who who gives them, directs them, instructs them, breaks the bread, then they distribute. It's the message of the gospel. It's the message that his body was broken first for you. He was broken so that you will distribute the gospel. Everything always starts with Jesus. It always comes back to the cross. It always comes back to him. And so what he's saying is this. When I say come Peter, if I say it, then it starts. That's it. You got the word. When we were on the side, when I brought the bed and I prayed and then you distributed, it was all starting with me. Get the order right. The problem is, is the other disciples were thinking he was a ghost. If you think he's a ghost and you don't recognize him and he's not center in your life, then you're not ready to walk on water. And I want to encourage you today to put him center. Everything starts with Jesus. Jesus is calling you out of your boat today. And he'll give you the power to enable you to do it. Amen. Finally today is this, as I come to finish. Number three, obedience reshapes your science. It reshapes your science. I don't know about you, but when I read this story, I realized something. The God of the universe, the Alpha and the Omega, the one who makes the laws of physics, the one who makes the laws of science, the one who created the world, his laws were set in place. And so when Peter does take the leap of faith, and I bet it wasn't a leap, it was a bit of a tip. Let's just test, is it solid or not? That's what I'm like sometimes. I'll just test it first. Ooh, it's cold. Don't know about this. Test it, but then you've got to step out. When you step out, it reshapes 
your science. There are people that I meet that all they do is limit their worldview on science. But science always works with religion, if you want to call it that, or relationship with Jesus. I'll tell you why, because God created it anyway. And so when he steps out, what happens is this. That moment of faith is to say, I am going to step out and the very laws that you created, Jesus, the very laws of physics and science will now have to bend and have to shape and have to allow me to do what I'm going to do because the laws of science and physics don't allow this. Whew. Come on. I love that, Chadira. Come on. I mean, come on. Do you get this? You, when you step out in faith, now I'm not telling you you've got to start walking off buildings tomorrow and just testing. Be careful what you do. Remember, if you're in a good season, if the sun's shining, but listen to me, there's something in this. Because it's not like that the laws against him were things of the enemy. The laws of science were created from God. He creates laws. It's what keeps this whole thing ticking. And everything is finely tuned right now in this world. And if you want to ask someone and people argue with you about evolution and all the things that this is just one big accident, for you to see what you see every day, this is not an accident. It's finely tuned by a designer, an intelligent designer, that everything is in place for you. Come on. I mean, you need some faith to believe differently. You need faith to believe differently. And so what I want to tell you is the God who set these laws in place so that it could be finely tuned for you to live on earth now says, you step out, Peter, because I have the power to. I can twist and bend them. You walk and everything will change. And there now are some laws against your life. There are now things against your life right now. And I'm not talking about water. I'm talking about situations you find yourself in where laws are against you. Things are against you. Pressures are against you. And these things are, you know that the people around you tell you, this is what you need to expect from a situation like this. You put a formula chart on your life, this is what you get from it. If you go to Google and you search for diabetes, or you search for all these things, and you put it into Google, it's going to tell you what the outcome is going to be. It's going to give you a verdict. It's going to tell you this is what we know based on the knowledge we have. But listen to me. He's not limited God. He's not limited by his own laws. And he's certainly not limited by Google. I mean, Google's pretty good. And a lot of people like to work for Google. It's a great place. The people I used to work with, intelligent people, some great mathematicians, scientists. Wow, you know, I, felt, I just felt silly when I worked with them. But listen to me, I, I'm not knocking intellectuals because I love intellectuals. We need them. But I'm trying to tell you something. You serve a God who's bigger than the laws he created. 
And so what he does is he says, I'm going to twist them. Listen to me. Your science of the world around you, what you see right now, can be changed. Oh, no, 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 it can't. Because I've been told that when I look on this and this is what happens to people when they, when they have this disease. This is what happens to people when this is what, it's, this, the case is closed. This is what, no, 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 no. No, no, no. It's not what happens. It's not what happens because we're children of God. Believe it. Believe it's true. Because Peter's obedience defy the laws of physics. Come on. Come on, Peter. And this is, some people said today, oh, we're learning new things. Peter learned it quite early on, didn't he? Just on a little boat in the middle of the sea. He learns how to defy the laws of physics. Wow. Oh, no, but you don't realize if, if you're in this situation, you're, your finances, your problems, this is the outcome. Not if you got that problem in your marriage, that's the outcome. This is what happens. Listen to me. He defies the laws. Whatever pressure, whatever wind, whatever you're feeling, it does not matter. Don't be put off. Don't be put off by the wind. Don't be put off by all this stuff. Keep your eyes fixed on him. He'll sort it out. He's pretty good at it. He created us. He says this in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened. And I'll give you rest. He didn't just say to Peter to come. He tells you to come. Come to, come to me. All you who are weary by the laws against you. All the pressures, the wind, the problems tomorrow on Monday morning. Come to me. Come. Come. Don't look at it all. Come to me. I'll give you rest. It's not just for Peter on the lake. It's for you. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 8, 52. Jesus raises Jairus' daughter. He says this, she's not dead. (laughs) Sorry, she's dead. This is the laws. When death happens, people die. They don't breathe. Jesus, she's dead. She's not dead. She's sleeping. (laughs) Sorry? Did you just say sleeping, Jesus? She's sleeping. She's sleeping. It says they laughed at him. Do you know that's what people do? I mean, I don't like getting into debates with people over whether, whether evolution or what. I, I ain't got time for it. I'm keeping my eyes fixed on Jesus. If you don't want to come with me, don't come stay in the boat and be terrified. Come on, some people. We've got to stop wasting our time trying to talk people around in the boat and just get out and what, let them watch us. There's too much debate going on in this world today. And I'm telling you, God is about to do something in our nation. And it's not going to be about debates. It's not going to be about explaining him. It's not going to be about sticking around in the boat. It's about those who are in trials, tests, persecution. And they're under so much pressure that they're willing to just jump out onto the water. Get out there and prove that God exists. Prove it through your life. 
Prove it through your walk. Prove it for who you are. Don't just let church tell people, oh, I've got a faith. No. My faith doesn't rest on me telling my friend in the boat, yet I go to church every week and I got a Bible study on Tuesday and then I go to Exceed and then I go to Spine and I do all these things. Oh, it's really good. Being a Christian is really, really good. Listen to me. It doesn't rely on that. It relies on people like your neighbours around you, people in your colleges around you, people watching you, seeing you go through some of the most difficult situations, but yet you step out. And then they realize it's not about debate. Because that person has a faith. They laughed at Jesus. They weren't laughing when she came alive, I bet. I bet he wiped the smile straight off their face. Come on. Some people around you now, they love talking about the Darwin theory. They'll talk about it all day. They'll laugh at you when when you tell them, this is what I believe in creation. You can have people laugh at you all you like. But one day they will see him coming on the clouds. One day they will see him return and the fulfillment of what he said he will do. And the laugh will be wiped from their mouths. It's then when you don't want to be in the boat terrified. You want to be with the Savior. The ones who believed right until the end. Are you okay for me to go a little bit longer? Some of you stepped out of the boat. You gave it all. You jumped out. You had a faith in God. But unfortunately you're sinking. What? This isn't supposed to happen. You start to sink. All of a sudden your feet start to go down. You start to sink. He says this, Matthew 14, verse 30, when he saw the wind, Peter, he was afraid. Beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. The weather conditions of your life have caused you to take your eyes off him. It's all about him. It's all about him. And some of you right now are sinking. You're ankle deep. Some of you are knee deep. Some of you are getting to the point where you're about to lose oxygen. Some of you feel like you are done and finished. You stepped out for Jesus. You did this in ministry. You did this for the Lord. And look at my life now. You feel like having a little chat with Jesus about the problems that you're in because you didn't ask for this. But let me tell you, the situation you're in right now is where you will really, really learn how to trust the Lord. Because he will not fail you. He will not let you get anywhere past the point where you can't breathe. Because verse 31 says this, immediately, I love that, come on Jesus, straight in there, immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him, you of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Because doubt is what will sink you, but I want to tell you today, he'll always be ready To reach out his hand to you. I've put here that no matter how deep you are sinking. Jesus always remains standing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you get this? 
The same water that the Lord defied the laws of physics over. When you start to sink, he doesn't sink. He still remains the same because he cannot doubt. He's God. And so you've always got someone who's standing on the water on the same level as where you were. He's always ready to reach down and pick you up because his terrain never fails. The waters don't stop him because he has the power to speak to them. So he never moves. When you're sinking, all you got to do is go, Jesus. Some of you need to raise your hands in worship. Some of you who are saying, oh, I don't need to do that. That's not for me. Oh, that's, that's for those, those charismatic lot. That's for those people who are really, you know, they go a little bit too far. Putting your hands up. Why do you need to put your hands up? I'll tell you why you need to put your hands up. Because you can't do anything yourself. When I put my hands up sometimes, it's not because I'm walking on water. It's because I'm sinking. You might think, oh, look, pastor, he's, he's having a good life. No, I'm sinking. I got to Sunday. I was walking on water on Monday. By Sunday, I'm sinking. I'm reaching up as far as I can touch. Help me, Lord, because this is hard. Some of you right now need to start to lift your hands in worship. Why? Because it will bring a freedom. Because you start to recognize who you're lifting your hands up to. Because you can't do it on your own. Stop keeping your hands down and telling yourself, Oh, I don't need Jesus to help me. I'm strong. I don't need to be like a charismatic. It's not about whether you're charismatic. It's not about which denomination you're in. It doesn't matter. Just lift your hands up to your king. Come on. Six people got it. If I can have the, have the anointed man of God, Maxwell. Come on, don't get too picked up on that praise. Come and help me on the keys. And the team if you want to be ready. But Praise God. Hallelujah. Psalm 37, verse 23, New King James Version says this. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord, I feel the Spirit of God in this house today. I tell you from the moment I walked in here and we start worship, the Spirit of the Lord is in this house. The Lord upholds him with his hand. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something else. I hope it's helped you today a little bit. But I want to tell you something else. The laws of physics and miracles and all these things are great. But there's another law that Jesus came to defy. It's the law of sin 
and death. There's another law that faces you every day of your life. If you don't know Jesus, and it's the law of sin and death, it's there to crush you. It's there to take the breath out of you. It's there to kill you. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. There is a law that's against you. There is a mirror, and it's not the mirror in the gym. It's the mirror of the Ten Commandments that remind you of who you are. And the law of sin and death will put you to death. But thank God for Christ Jesus who 2,000 years ago came. And he did not just step onto water. He stepped out of heaven. He stepped out of the security of his boat. He stepped out of his place. He stepped onto earth. He stepped into a place that looked terrible. He stepped into a place to keep walking. To keep his heart fixed on what the Father said. He stepped onto the earth. And even though all these pressures, the laws of everything were coming against him. He was ready to go to the cross. To die on the cross. He was ready to what? To defy the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. He stepped out for you. He stepped out. He stepped out. We sing that song, the darling of heaven was crucified. He stepped out of heaven into a place of uncertainty. Why? To defy the law of sin and death. I thank God today. For his precious son. Jesus Christ. I thank my father. That he always had a plan. And that Jesus would come. That he would pay the price. For you and for me. And some of you right now. You don't know Jesus. You don't know him. You've never given your life to Jesus. Let me tell you. Do not try to walk on the water and try to get through life yourself. Because it will drown you. You might have started off well, but it will drown you. Because the fact is this. Just like the laws of physics, what happens with the laws of physics are people cannot naturally walk on water. And let me tell you, the same is with the laws of sin and death, with the Ten Commandments. However much you think you're a good person, I've got to tell you the truth today. The Bible says that your righteousness is like filthy rags. The Bible says that you fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says today that as you try to walk through this life, you're walking on thin ice. But you put your trust in Him. Do you know what happens? You get on His back. He carries you. And he walks you through because he has the power to defy the law of physics in your life. And he has the power to defy the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand just for a moment. Thank you for listening. And we trust that the word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.